With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's going on, everybody? Hope you're having a good week so far. A uh, quick one before we get into the podcast. A little bit of promo time. Obviously, I have a new record out on Patrick Toppin's label called Trick. The record is called Let's Rave. Also got a few other records on there with Daddy Dino. And a couple of dope remixes from Amara and Meg Ward. Go check it out on Spotify, Beatport, Apple Music, and every other thing that you listen to music on. Also, that leads nicely into this episode or conversation or whatever you want to call it. On this show, we've got the one and only Patrick Toppin. Patrick doesn't really need much of an introduction um, as if you are into music in house and techno, you probably have heard him heard or heard his music or seen him play or both. Um, Patrick came up through the record label Hot Creations with some of the biggest records in house and techno, really. Um, He then started his label called Trick and has been throwing some insane parties around the world. Patrick's one of the nicest guys in the industry. Um, I've met him a couple of times and it's always been fleeting like off like at gigs or in clubs and never really been able to have a proper conversation with him. Um, so it was an absolute honor to get him on the show and I hope you enjoy it. It's a really good conversation. So without further ado, Patrick Toppin. Patrick Toppin. How's it going, sir? Hey, mate. You all right? I'm really good, man. I'm really good. It's uh, I can't believe it's December already. Like, where the fuck is this year gone? It's just wild. I know it's crazy. We're gonna put a Christmas tree up tonight, man. Once, <laughs> once we finish this, that's what we're doing. I feel like everyone's like, okay, it's early, but let's just get the Christmas tree up because it will make us feel a little bit better about our lives right now. <laughs> I totally. I just want to make make the most of Christmas. Just milk it, because to be honest, usually I kind of miss Christmas. Yeah. Because of g- gigging all the time and all that. And then by the time you come back from your last gig, just fucking knackered and you're just like, well, like a zombie. So like, I'm getting right amongst it. Me, Christmas film every night. It's gonna be mint. I think for the thing for me is because I generally play in the states and in December like Christmas December isn't like a party time in the States as much as it is in the oh, UK really? and the UK is like let's just fucking have it the whole time mm-hmm. and then even on Boxing Day like Americans don't celebrate Boxing Day so it's just over here I can imagine it's it's just non-stop and not having a single day for Christmas apart from Christmas Day and you can't relax or anything it must suck yeah yeah I mean I'm looking forward to Christmas it's gonna be a bit of a different Christmas this year though with the obviously everything that's going on but um I, i'm still looking forward to it i mean you know what i i'm like actually enjoying the, the this year i was you gonna say yeah uh, are you is it nice to have a break yeah like i am enjoying it i'm i'm i don't want to say like i'm absolutely loved it you know what i mean i feel like i have to read it in a little bit because yeah, people yeah. are big it hey what the fuck why is he so buzzing but i mean <laughs> it's 
<laughs> I mean, I'm fortunate, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I under, obviously, everyone's going through stuff to do with this. Yeah. I suppose I'm in a privileged position where I can take this time to, I'm not under too much pressure and I can like yeah. enjoy certain things. You know, it has presented some opportunities to, to do some stuff I wouldn't have been able to. And like, um, yeah, so it hasn't been all bad for me, luckily. No, I think I think it's totally fine to say that as well, right? It's like you've clearly worked hard for the last how many years that you've got yourself into a situation that you can just sit back and relax and, and kind of assess the situation and do what you need to do. And, and yeah, like I'm in the same position. I'm super lucky that we can have that. But at the end of the day is a people, a lot of people have it worse off than us, which is sucks. And I, I really hope, hope for them that they, the world kind of comes back and is, is better for them. Um, how have you, what have you enjoyed about it? Yeah, totally. I appreciate that. It's obviously a really bittersweet thing. And obviously I'm not totally like in a bubble, not affected Mm. by it. I mean, like my mom and dad are vulnerable and like my mom's not seeing anyone. She's been isolating and all that. We've had people who have had the illness and like that we know and stuff like that. And obviously everyone is taking a hit in certain ways, including me. Like there's been opportunities that have been, been and gone and stuff like that. But, um, the, 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 but I just want to really talk about the, the positives of it, really, because I mean, you might might you could dwell on the negative sides. So I'm just kind, of, I'm quite a positive person, really. Yeah. Um, and there's been so so many good sides of it, um, such as just really enjoying my house has been one because I've never I've had this house now for like four years, and I've never really been in it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Where, where are you now, by the way? Are I'm you in Bristol. Uh, yeah, well, I'm near Bristol. I'm in like Somerset. So I'm in the like countryside, which is uh, honestly like, again, it's the same for you. I grew up around here, but I haven't been here for the last six years. Like I've spent probably in the last six years, I've probably spent like five months here. And it's kind of the similar situation to you is like you bought a house and you just can't live in it because you're just never there. <laughs> and I guess does Haley tour with you all the time? Not all the time. Uh, she she just comes to the exotic the exotic ones. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, she's like she she's uh she's had a fair share of raves now as well. So she kind of she's a bit more uh, take it or leave it now on that side. She doesn't come everywhere. Yeah. Um, I have a tour manager now for for Europe, and he he comes to every gig in Europe, and then he. He's came with us to some, he came one South American tour and he's been to North America once with us. But usually Haley will only really come if it is um, a longer tour and it tends to yeah. be like North, South America, Asia, Australia. Um, she likes to come on the on the uh, long haul tours and sometimes depending on how the schedule works out, you can turn it into a bit of a holiday as well if there's like a, a few days at the start of the tour at the end or between yeah. week or between weekends there might be a few days off so um yeah she she just usually comes to those ones that's cool man how, how is it like because i'm i'm single how is it being married and being on like 
being on tour because obviously you're like with somebody that you're like absolutely want to be with a lot of the time if you know what I mean is it do you do you struggle with it at all well well we're lucky because she can come with us yeah. whenever ever she wants because she didn't she she works with me now she's like my PA and she helps with the label she used to uh she used to manage the label but now she does the the label's social medias and she's still my PA yeah so she does so much for us organizing my life and in terms of like the, mu- the music and, like, she was gonna do that anyway man if when you got yeah. married it was just game over you she was always gonna mm-hmm. organize does she like pick out your um your outfits and stuff now you got no no no, no no not like that she's doing like fucking like paperwork and shit like that it's like organizational stuff you know what i mean the shit that we hate but, doing but, she does have an eye for fashion though and she does always like uh give <laughs> she's my go-to person for like it is this outfit too far is it shit or whatever uh she she's like no she's amazing like that not just in terms of that but in terms of like my career decisions yeah and in, in terms of artistically as well because yeah we're married she's like my best friend she's a person who can be the most brutally honest with us yeah so like she's she's not a yes man at all so she plays a big part in a lot of my decisions of what i'm doing because she can say to us patrick that's fucking shit you know what i mean like <laughs> yeah, more yeah. than more than anyone else can so it's been having having her has actually helped me so many ways that i can't even say in terms of my career but i think like some of them are in terms of being like a common factor as well yeah like you know what i mean because we've been we've been married now for three years, but we've been together for 13 years. Yeah. So we've been together since before any of this. You know what I mean? Like I love that. I have not, I love yeah. That, we've been together since like when my career took off in 2013. And we had we had already been together for like five years before that. Yeah. So that type of thing as well of of um having a having a lass at that time she wasn't my wife then but she's my partner a serious relationship for five years before it even started so that kind of reeled in the party inside a bit yeah. i mean i did i did party <laughs> a fucking lot you know what i mean but but I, I i don't i don't anymore but even when i was it it, it could have been a lot more had i been single because i would have been out there like searching for a partner you know what i mean and hanging yeah. out there a lot more and i think that has kept me focused and it's um definitely got us got us further then i think i would have i would have been waste wasting more time in parties and stuff like that i think there's, there's there is a huge part of that isn't there is when you're comfortable when you're with somebody and you're super happy in that relationship you don't need to you don't need to search because you just, there's never going to be anyone better and I think that's the beautiful thing. You don't see it nowadays that much. And that's kind of why I brought it up because I like, I love seeing the relationship that you guys have on social media and in life. It's just like, like when I, when I saw you guys in, in America, it's just like so nice to see because you don't see it often. There's like in our industry, it's like, you just don't see it. Yeah. And, and, and I think a lot of people, a lot of DJs, have partners boyfriends girlfriends and that's kind of like a separate life to them yeah i've seen there's some people like that and they don't they don't get them involved yeah which is their 
their prerogative and everyone has their own way, ways of, of dealing with stuff. But me and Heidi, she's always been in, involved. And mm. then now she is professionally being involved, <laughs> yeah. like work, working for us as well. That's took it to like a, a whole a whole new level. And I think with some DJs talk about being on the road can be lonely, which, which I can appreciate. And, having her there to come away with us for these tours and stuff that's kind of just took that out the equation for me i'm I'm so lucky with that i feel that man i feel that it's cool it's really nice to see um (laughs) trick how how did that come about yeah well that's been something i've wanted to do for ages for, for so long really but um i was I was releasing all my music with Hawk Creations when I when I first came through, and that was that was an amazing platform for 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 me. But I felt like my music started to develop in different directions. That didn't a, a lot of it didn't work with what Hawk Creations were putting out. Like, I mean, Jamie. I owe like my career to Jamie, so like I, yeah. I, I love Jamie. I'm so appreciative for everything he's done, and he's put out a shitload of my music on Hawk. I've lost track of how many songs I've had out on Hawk Creations, but even though he's put out loads, he didn't take everything. He couldn't take everything, so like I was accumulating all these different styles that didn't fit yeah. Hawk Creations, and I was like, I need to get these tracks out. So that was some it, and then. Also, just DJing and getting sent a lot of music off different artists and stuff like that, and like unsigned music and stuff. And I was just thinking, like, this need this music needs to get out there, and like, I want to be associated with this music as well. It's so fucking cool, and yeah. like this, I, I had like so much stuff, and I was like, it just makes sense to just start something. And for my own music, it's like you can just put out I can put out what I want package it together like work, work around my own dates and stuff because when you're with other labels with remixes and all that you're, you're doing kind of what they want in terms of schedule and stuff like that so it's just more creative control and then it's been the best been the best thing ever doing it and like I'm I'm so happy that that we've started and then to have stuff like your new one on to like that that's like an honor for me to be putting these songs out that are just to, that are just so cool and uh, um obviously you're actually one of the more established artists that we've had on the label yeah um because most of it has been more kind of up and coming names and stuff like that i was gonna say that because and you literally took the words out of my mouth is it was like the label feels like you're growing a community around it it feels like you're growing like a family which for me is like the most exciting thing about a label the last honestly the last time i saw a label do that was dirty bird back years ago and how they kind of created this just family of artists that there was like five or six artists that no one had a fucking clue who they were but they kept on releasing music and kept on releasing music and then the original five of Dirty Bird became huge artists. And it just feels like you're kind of, you're kind of growing something really special there. It, was that the plan? Yeah, it kind of, kind, 
Yes and, and not. Like it wasn't like contrived and to do that, and it might not even become anything as formed as what you're saying as Dirty yeah. Bird. But I feel like organically, it's just kind of taking that route. A little, it seems to be going that way, and it, and it, but still in its early days, really. It's it's less than two years old, but I do like that idea. I mean, because. I was brought up as part of a crew like that yeah. with Hot Creations. You know what I mean? Like Hot Creations did that so well. And I think Jamie's rubbed off on me in, in so many ways. And I've and I seen what they did with their residence. And that. And I think I do like that style. I've always admired it with Dirty Bird and with Minus before that and like Cocoon and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. I've always liked these these type of ideas of these crews. And... I've just been so lucky as well to come into contact with some artists that fit that 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 work like that really well. Yeah. Such as like Elliot Elliot Adamson. He's a lad from 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 around mine. Well, he's from Sunderland, which is just like next door to Newcastle. Well, just outside. So he he doesn't say he's from Sunderland, but <laughs> he, he, he he's from around yeah, Houghton Lee Spring, and. Uh, so I got to know him like organically just in the club and scene in Newcastle and stuff. And it just turns out that he's just this incredible artist, like terrifyingly um, prolific and talented. He's insane. He's uh, yeah, like the he's stuff amazing. he's like, he is just, he's so prolific on what he, re- on everything he releases, but also the, the amount he has, he's just constantly writing and yeah, he's kind of one of these like really creative people that's just like everything he puts out is weird, but really good. Yeah. He's amazing. And I think and what's so good about it as well, he was new and up and coming and from the same area of me and he's, he's doing his own thing. He's got his own label and stuff too, but I'm just so happy with how involved he wants to be with Trick as well. Yeah. I mean, he help, he helps with the A&I. He, 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 he loves to play any event, any opportunity to release music. He's there. He has released music. He's got more music coming. Uh, he, he's taken the active role in the A&R thing. He's always bouncing ideas off us and uh, buzz of how much he feels invested in the label as well, which is cool. And then... And then also a lad called Ewan McVickers came into my life through through just sending in a demo. I didn't know him. He's from Scotland. And he's also shown so much enthusiasm and love towards the label as well. And he's got he's starting to do some of the shows and he's had a release and he's got more releases coming. So then so then yeah, I can see why you say it starts to look a bit like like that. And then there's other people like Daddy Dino, which I've got to thank you for, <laughs> by the way, because he's been a mate of mine. Um, I got to know him when I first went to New York for a gig in 2014. Yeah. He's actually become a really good mate of mine. Like he was at my wedding and we hang out whenever I'm in New York. Like he's my person to go to. And like he's, um, and then he's been in the UK a bit. So I've seen him a bit there and stuff. So, it's so I'm buzzing that he's been involved because I had him on a track and then Ben Hemsley got him on got him on track and then you got him on a track as well. So that 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 looks like I'm, I've cultivated that, but yeah, actually you you just brought Daddy Dino back to me, which was 
amazing and now i'm buzzing that you did that and actually i'm wondering how did you and him hook up <laughs> so he was just on the podcast i've literally just released the the episode with him today me we worked out that the year you met him is the year i met him in america oh, nice. so i've been mates with him for years um and we've just always hung out and when i lived in lived in new york we would kind of hung out a bit and just always been in touch and yeah i just hit him up and was like dude he'd always hit me up and be like we have to do a record we have to do a record i was like yeah i know we do it just needs to be the right one and then he just started sending me like random vocal snippets and i was like this is the money shot right now and then yeah we kind of wrote the records um but yeah that's how i know him so we've we've probably we've known him for the same amount of time um obviously amazing i never knew yeah just obviously is not daddy dino yeah mike Mike. (laughs) um but i love that guy he's he's just a he's a he's a different species of human being that yeah brings (laughs) brings joy to every every kind of place that you're with he's just he's just amazing and i always find everyone knows him like everyone's kind of always had some sort of experience with him that will always like stick in their lives. It's it's kind of amazing. Yeah, he's cool as fuck. And I'm so glad that he's become like a regular artist on the label and he's someone I, I want to do more more with. And like he's another one who who like loves the label and loves being involved. So like naturally just become like one of those guys and kind of feels like part of the label family, which which is mint. And I do love that that it's that it's going that way. And um Oh fuck! I was going to say something about about Mike. Oh yeah, Mike. So Mike's also been a huge inspiration in my, in my life because when I first got to know Mike, he was uh, he was teetotal. Yeah, he was he was sober, and he was sober, right? And person that I'd ever met personally, and and like I couldn't believe it, and. He was always, I was playing in New York and he would take me to after parties and he would be sober. I mean, him would be DJing back to back at after parties and he would be sober. And that whole idea of being sober at a party back then was completely alien to me. Yeah. I was like the opposite of that. So, but seeing him do that, do that and how confident he was, because for me, confidence in social situations used to come from the crutch of the drink or whatever. Yeah. So seeing him do that, it was, it played a big part in, in, in me. Uh, I did a yes over and um, he played a big part because it inspired me. Cause I was like, look at him having the time of his fucking life. sober. I need to do that. So yeah, I don't, I don't even know whether I've ever told him that. I probably have. <laughs> <laughs> how, how did you find the, the year of being, of, of being off the, the juice? Amazing, amazing. Are you still? Are you drinking now or not? Little bit, occasionally. Yeah, yeah. Little bit, like a little bit. It was, it was the best year of of my life. I reckon it was so good. It was unbelievable. Um, It was. I think I did it. I've lost track of when I did. Now it was mainly two thousand and eighteen. I think, and um, yeah, it changed my life for for the for the good um, because. I just grew so much as a person because yeah. of it. Um, all the situations that you get put in, even such as like 
at my dad's wedding, I was best man, I had to do a speech. Usually I would have a drink in that situation, yeah. you know what I mean? Like things like that, like going back to back with Pete Tong live on Radio One, doing interviews with him and all, and they're like doing loads of backstage interviews with cameras and all that type of thing and just everything there's so many it's quite a sociable thing like DJing and stuff like that so I think I was getting more confident anyway as a person grown just just off get put, getting put in these new situations anyway Yeah. but then when you take the drink out of it as well and it just flipped DJing for us as well like I, DJing is much better sober it is so much better now when I play I get like tingles down my arms I get like goosebumps all over my hair stand on it I have those moments I didn't used to actually have those moments, you know, because I was just fucking zoned out. Like, yeah. um, you, it, I say though, it can be fun DJing as well. That kind of feeling of just like, oh, this is reckless and wild. But like, it's, it just kind of can be a buzz as well. And I still do enjoy that from time to time. But really, DJing sober on the whole is so much better. And since I did that year sober. I, I um I hardly ever drink now. Hardly, hardly ever. Yeah. I um and I, I hardly hardly ever party. And I, I, but I mean, I had a few big ones last year in, in 2019. But like, I could I, prob- I probably count those on two hands. Yeah, you're you're drinking you know? to have fun. You're not drinking to kind of like mask the nerves or anything like that, which is what yeah. it's kind of there for, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, sometimes, I, sometimes I do go all out and get fucked, but it's very, <laughs> it's very, it's very rare. And like yeah. the thing is, now it's a, it's a choice. Whereas before, totally, it was more of a, of a crutch. Maybe, well, no, it was. I've still, I've still always enjoyed it, and I do enjoy it now and again. But it was more of a like a necessity, and like I was just in in that routine if it just went hand in hand all the time and now it's made it more fun and special because if I do want to do that and have a big blowout it, it's um it's more it's more fun because it's not as regular and yeah. um to be honest I I kind of like the idea of doing another year sober and I might even do that at some point just because it's it's just all the opportunities that come with it. It's just easier. I mean, now it's not even like, um, I don't even find it hard to do it. Like I enjoy the, but yeah, anyway, I've fucking, I'm ranting it on now, but <laughs> yeah, might... I don't, the thing is I don't want to preach about it too much because no, yeah, I, I don't want, I don't want to be that guy, but there's been times where I've been holding my tongue. Cause I've been like, do you realize how fucking good it is? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's weird because I, I actually got an email today from somebody that's like, they do like a sobriety podcast. Um, and they want to talk to DJs about being sober. And I'm like, I've all, I've pretty much always been sober. Like, it, for me, it's never. It's just because I don't like it. it. Just I just doesn't agree with me. It's not because I've had issues with it. So I always find it weird when someone's like, "Oh, you're in sobriety. How do you find it?" Blah blah blah. And it's like, well, it's just normal life for me because I just don't like. I wish I liked beer, but I fucking can't stand the taste of it. So that's why I don't drink. Um, but it is weird when I don't know if you find that where like it's not really been an issue in your life. It's not really affected your life. No, it's, it's, it's never been an issue for me. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I think I've been, 
I have spoiled some gigs with it and not not enjoyed the gig because mm. of the mental state I've been in, which is stupid. Which is so stupid. And that that's been the thing. That's one of the that was one of the factors that led us up to that. Yeah, it's like I got in this for the music, and I have these amazing opportunities. I want to enjoy all of them, um, but it's never really been like an issue for us, but there is just like, even though it can be fun and stuff, there is all these, there is negative sides to like the, the hangover is just, it's just, is horrible. It's like, not worth it, is it? <laughs> no, not very rarely for me these days. Anyway, put it that way. Yeah. Have you, um, have you ever cried after playing or during playing? You know what? That is, I haven't, you know, I haven't um, cried, but the one time when I, um, during lockdown, actually, I, I didn't cry, but I nearly did. I felt overwhelmed, yeah. you know, you know, when lockdown started, I did my first stream, lockdown stream from the house. Yeah. And um, it was one of the best experiences of my life doing that stream. Really? Yeah, it was, a, it was the highlight of of this of this year for me because when the lockdown came it was over I know I was saying earlier I've been enjoying this year and, and on the on the whole I have been but like I mean everyone has the ups and downs and it has been quite a mad experience for anyone yeah. you know what I mean e- even if you feel comfortable in, in your life and what you've got going on it's still been thrown upside down you know what I mean um so when the lockdown started, it was mad. I, might, I can remember going to the supermarket the first time and, and it just felt like something out of a, 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 a like a film, an end of the world film, like a doomsday type scenario, judgment day type it's scenario. Weird. It's it, so weird, isn't it? Wasn't it? And then I remember going in there and it was just so weird. So there's been times since been like that. But then anyway, I did a stream not long after that about six weeks into lockdown and at the time the UK was like heavy in its first full-on lockdown yeah and um doing that stream and connecting with people because I hadn't been out the house people weren't seeing each other but to reconnect with so many people and so many people tuned into that stream as well um like on my Facebook page I think at one point it hit over 10,000 live viewers on on Facebook Um, and we're doing it on YouTube as well so I was blown away by that and I was and I got told of Hayley there's that many people are clocked into it and I was like wow that and I was just thinking about everyone in their own homes and people were messaging in and stuff and then I finished the set and I just it just felt really profound to me because I felt People were so excited for the set messaging us beforehand. We can't wait. This is going to be the highlight of the lockdown. And then people messaging us after us saying it was amazing and they had fun on a Friday night when they've been like having a shit time. Yeah. And um, just to have that feedback of people. And when I stopped playing and I and, and I finished the set and it was quite a long set. It was like three and a half hours. I started playing some kind of like euphoric kind of emotional tunes and stuff like that. And I felt uh, kind of overwhelmed by that in a in a in a good way, but yeah, I did I didn't cry, but I think I, I was close to it. Yeah, it's such a strange feeling, isn't it? Because I've had it like maybe once or twice when you just it was for me. It's on stage, and it's just like 
that overwhelming feeling where I think for me, it's when you, when I, when where I, was that? When I reflect, I, I had, for me, one of them was it crossed uh festival in San Diego. When it's I, a sick festival. Yeah. It's a cool festival. And I, I don't know. I think it was just like, you know, I don't know if you are, but as an artist, I'm like super like doubt hard on myself. Like I'm always thinking like, well, you can always do better. Like you can always play a better set or you can always write a better song or whatever. And generally most sets I'm like, oh, that was all right, but I, I can do this next time and I, it will be better. But th- that set, I was like, I fucking did it. Like it was just that, that feeling where I was like, that was I couldn't have done any better in that situation. And that, that was the feeling for me where I was like, wow, that was, that was something special. Um, doesn't happen often at all. Ah, you're harsh on yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, no, I know what you mean. Like I kind of, you just know, don't you, how a sets went. Yeah. And um, I hate that feeling if I've, if I know I, I could have done better, but like, I, I don't know. Most of the time I, I come away from it on a, on the biggest high ever. I love that. Um, yeah. I, to be honest, like it's for me, it's now and again that I feel like, Oh, that could have went a little bit, a little bit better. But most of the time um, I'm feeling so happy after, after do after doing a set. Um, and, I, yeah, it's 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 such a it's such a crazy experience, isn't it? <laughs> how how important is Newcastle in your life? Um, because when 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 we released the record last week on on the label, I had quite a few people hit me up and be like, "Welcome to the like the Newcastle family." Yeah. Oh, was, really? That's I was, amazing. I was like, "Wow, this is amazing." And obviously, I know like Newcastle is your home, and you do crazy shows up there but how important is it to you like having a city that embraces you as a as a kind of an artist and a person sorry just so fucking light went out <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that it doesn't sorry. matter it didn't uh, it look, looks all right yeah it looks fine I put an, I put an extra light there because the, the lighting's not that bad um anyway yeah camera. so um Newcastle, Newcastle. How important is it? No, no, massively. I love that. I love that you said you've got those messages there, and I love that we've just had Ben Hemsley on the label because he's a mate of mine from Newcastle. He's from the exact same part of Newcastle as as me, North Shields, and he's been an old pal of mine for years as well. So that's class. And uh, Meg Ward, who's just done a remix for you, she's from Newcastle. Oh, is she? I didn't know she was from Newcastle. Yeah, she's from Newcastle. Uh, I don't, and I, I didn't know her beforehand. I actually just randomly came across her on SoundCloud, and then I found out she was from Newcastle. And then it was that was even more of a of an incentive for me to to try and get her on because I do love the idea of creating of, of uh, getting as many local artists on as possible. And I love to have that i that identity actually of kind of rep repping Newcastle, doing doing events here. We've, we're talking. We've got some plans for some even bigger stuff here and I want to be doing regular stuff here and it's a huge it's a huge market for me and yeah. well markets maybe is the wrong term that sounds a bit kind of like <laughs> um like we get it though man yeah it's, it's a huge it. it's a huge place for me to play because 
obviously I'm from here and, and I've been playing regularly here for years because yeah. I was a promoter here before me DJing took off. So I've been promoting here since 2010. So I was, um, or 2009, I'm not sure. No, it was 2010. So I've been regularly promoting and playing in Newcastle for like three or four years before my career took off outside of Newcastle. Yeah. But I've always, but then I carried on promoting a lot here whilst my career was going on. So I, I play in Newcastle a lot. I know some DJs don't really play in the hometown that much. Uh, or, um, but I've been, because of that promoting before, I've had that connection there. Yeah. And um, it's always so special playing here and like the the amount of like love I get from people from here is is amazing and um yeah that that blows me that blows me away and I still live here as well. You see most of my friends are here and my fam my family's here. So I've never I've never lived anywhere else. Well, I have lived in Edinburgh for three years, but that was for uni, yeah, for for university. But then I, I've been toying with the idea of moving at various times. I was going to move to London. I was thinking, oh, I need to be in Melbourne. I need to be in LA. Yeah, you have a crazy following in Australia, don't you? Yeah, Australia's like, like my second home. You're, you're like every time I see, like I remember. I think it was like a couple of years ago, and. You'd like done like three or four tours then. I was like, Jesus fucking Christ, how can you tour that much in Australia? Because like my experience of Australia is not your experience, clearly. Um, how did that come about? Well, um, it's this guy called Mike Toner. Yeah. Do you know? I, yeah, Do you know? I know, I know Mike, have you yeah. worked? Have you? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, just yeah, see yeah. two of you. He doesn't, but I've done shows with him at Revs. Right, well, you should tour with him, right? Cause I he's, should, but he, he, he doesn't take me. <laughs> he, he, he will, he will. He, he is the man. Um, he, you know what, with him, right, I actually owe a lot to him in Australia because my first international, I mean, I had done a few gigs around Europe, but I think I, think I possibly went to Australia before I went to America. Yeah. Um, which I think is quite quite a rare thing maybe um and mike basically took a gamble on me because he says he does one tour every year where he does it for like passion basically like not not based on whether he thinks that artist is going to be able to uh, pull a crowd and sell tickets and fill venues yeah he, 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 he like takes a gamble on someone who he's like into and he wasn't, um, he got in uh, one of my first releases called Any Amounts on Hot Creations. It came out before Forget. So it came out in 2013. And um, off the back of that, he messaged us and, and said, Oh, do you want to come and do this tour? And I was like, I fucking obviously. So I did this. <laughs> so I did this tour over there. I mean, him really connected as. Um, friends as well like mike's a good mate of mine yeah. now and uh he's so good at his job of being a touring agent and also a promoter in melbourne and i connected with australia because a lot of my i had a lot of friends who moved there it's quite a common thing in uh in the uk for yeah. people to to go and live in australia so i had loads of pals there so and 
me and Haley had always wanted to go there. So I was just so keen to go there and like always make the most of it. And I, I was always like prioritizing it over other territories. Yeah, yeah. I'd be like, yeah, because we've got friends there. We we just connected with the place. We just love it. So like I'd be like, yeah, I'll go for three weeks, I'll go for two two weeks, I'll come, I'll do two tours a year, every 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 year. And Mike um was really really putting us on really good shows and stuff like that and it just connected with the Australian people and then all the uh, British lot who were, who were over there because there's a lot of them there that's as loads, well yeah. and um, luckily it, it's just kind of came together where outside of the UK the Australia is my bi- biggest place to go and like arguably as big as the UK in some ways I mean some of my biggest shows I've done have been there like um i can't remember how many was that the last big one i did it was five or maybe five and a half or maybe six thousand and and it, it was and it was crazy man and we've done a few shows like that uh, um we've done i think we've done three really big headline shows in myself where they've been like five each of them five thousand that's amazing um amazing and then I also the scene there's just so good. I, I have uh, I know some people haven't haven't connected with it, but I've just always had fun playing there. Yeah, see I'm the opposite. Like mm. every, and this is no disrespect to Australia. I, I like I wish I could have connected to it and I, I'm sure it will come. Yeah, I think but it's just you know, it just takes so long. It's it's not the I think for me it's just finding the right home there when you're just like I don't know. There's, it just feels like there's so many factors there to. For, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the why I've connected with Australia so much, but I'm so glad I have because, um, say for instance, I played at a festival called Rainbow Serpent Festival. Yeah, and it was the most fun I've ever had playing at a festival, hands down. The, the most enjo- enjoyable time I've had DJing. That was sober. Um, and you've played some festivals. Like, yeah, man, I've been so, <laughs> I've been so lucky yeah. to do them. And that is the, honestly the most fun I've ever had at a festival, the DJing. And even afterwards, I then went and um, got involved and I ended up, I think that's when I ended up breaking my year so, me my year sober actually after my set I stayed and I got involved and I stayed there for 24 hours and enjoyed the dance floor and listened to other DJs which I rarely do these days like I I I used to be a raver like that that's I guess some DJs don't come from that background of being a clubber um some of them are are more they've, they've come up through the production side but not so much being in the club inside, but I, that's what got me wanting to be a DJ because I was so, I used to love going to events and listening to DJs. And I, um, that's something I've lost over the years. I haven't been doing as much. And I did it there for the for the first time in ages. And I can remember just being blown away by it. I remember listening to Patrice Baumel's set and uh, Matt Adore's set. He's amazing. Both of them yeah. are amazing. Yeah, amazing. And, I, I came back from that and it was the last gig um, because I, every year I take off a period to make music yeah. and I do, 
it started off as being February every year uh, for, for a month. And then it's progressively got a bit longer and longer. And I think last year I did seven or eight weeks. But it, I also tie it in as a time because my birthday is in February for, for a holiday as well. Yeah. So it's like my time off to recuperate from the air, like get my sleep back, like try <laughs> and be, be healthy, diet, train. And my main time for making music for the whole year because I don't really, I find it hard to make music when I'm touring so much. I do do bits. But that's my main type of make it. So anyway, after Rainbow Serpent, that was my last gig. And I came back home and I went in the studio and I made a song of mine called Snide, what come out on Trick last year. Yeah. And that was completely inspired by the experience of listening to Matador's set on the dance floor. Um, I, I don't know why I've went off on that tangent, but I just, uh, I, I, I do kind of, yeah, because since I've been DJing, it's changed my whole a relationship with music because I used to just be in the house listening to electronic music, house music, techno music, disco music in the house. And now I, I very rarely listen to that in the house. I'm off, the same. Off. I'm the same, man. Yeah. I, I only really listen to stuff if I kind of want to reference or if I want to like, if there's like the odd, the odd night where I'm like, okay, let's just, have a party in my house by myself and put put the speakers on and, and listen to some music but it's very rarely i would go to house and techno or anything kind of electronic to just to listen to why do you think that is for me it's because i am always trying to pick apart a record i'm like how did they oh, do right, that okay. <laughs> how did they do this that's and that's why i've i've see i didn't come from the rave i my first experience in a club was DJing and that was when I was like 13. So I never went. I, obviously, 13? Yeah. What? So when I first started, I obviously I, I did go and rave, but I always just wanted to fucking DJ. I never wanted to be on a dance floor. And then when I started writing, when I was like 16, from then on, I was like, I don't want to go to a party. I just want to like the music that they're making. I need to learn how to make that. And that's why I, sh- I don't often go to clubs unless I'm obviously, unless I'm playing is because I, I am always trying to like, Oh fuck, that sounds really good. How do I do that? Or like, how has he made that synth or that vocal has been processed amazingly. How do I do that? Um, what about you? See, see, I still love Raven. Yeah. Like I, I, I do absolutely love it. I do enjoy listening to music, electronic music in the house. It's just, not my number one choice. I so I'd, I'd, I'd choose to listen to other stuff, but I still do enjoy ever listening to it in the house. But I think just because it's my life so much, you know, like finding music, yeah. make make making music, hearing what music's out there, and taking it in, absor- absorbing it. I feel like it's just the fun's kind of been taken out out, out, of, out of it <laughs> yeah. for us in a way, but. Not in terms of of hearing it in the live environment, in the clubs and the festivals. I love that, but I hardly ever get to do that because my my schedule is so mad. And then also it can be, depending where you are, it can be not that enjoyable also because you kind of can't get lost in the moment because people recognise you and all that. So that's... um, What? But... What you see for me, I've just got, I was like starting to get shows booked in for next year. 
and I haven't done a single, I've kind of refused to do a live stream. Like I've kind of every, for me, like live streams aren't that I, they're not for me personally. Um, but I think why is that? Why is that? Um, I seen Solomon did a, a post about a similar type of thing. I don't think he's done one and he said he wasn't going to do one and it wasn't for him. Yeah. Um, I think for me is like, I know people would like it. I really do. I, I'm pretty sure if I did one, I know people would like it. Uh, but I just don't, I don't think I'd enjoy it. Me, you know what? I honestly think that you're missing out. And, I've, and I think I think you should try one. Do you reckon? Seriously, seriously. I've done three uh, and I have another one. I'm about to announce another one. Yeah. Um. And the I, I told you that story about yeah. the first one. It was an unbelievable, man. And um, that, that type of, I know it's not what it, it's not, it can't replace what it was, but this is the situation, you know what I mean? So totally. it, it it still does, well, for me, it did, did connect like that. And then I did another one, which was um, for Insomniac. And I did that from Digital in Newcastle, a club. Yeah. Um, that was, that one was good, but it, it wasn't the same for me because it was pre-recorded that one. You see the one where I did it in my house, it was actually live, live. Like it, yeah. whereas the one in digital, we, we recorded it and then put it out live because of the, the time difference. And it was just because the, the way they wanted the production done on it. And it was the same with the Edinburgh one I did. Uh, Cause we had like a drone, different camera angles yeah. and stuff to get, to get the production better with post-production it was better to put it out that way. So the the pre-recorded ones for me didn't hit anywhere near like that first live one. And my next one is going to be probably live again like that because it was such a buzz and I can't wait to do it again. But that being said, the Edinburgh one was a, a mint buzz in a different way because I uh, used to live in Edinburgh for uni. So then they, they, they got the site for it was unbelievable and um this historic site and it just looked spectacular and uh terminal v, v they got all the production in so I had like lasers i had trick sean on these monuments and everything right, like yeah. that and that in its in the sun the sunset it looked like it looked like grand theft auto like <laughs> the where the light was it was amazing so that was such a buzz because i was like hey how the fuck am i up here playing with all this shit it's class and even though I knew it wasn't going out then, it, it was such a buzz. And um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think maybe you should, maybe you should try. You know, I mean, the, you don't know how long this. I don't know. How, hopefully, this doesn't last much longer. But um, what's your so? What's your thoughts on social distanced events? Yeah, I've done. Have you done any yet? I've I've got a few coming up next year, um, cool. but. I've been asked to do some, but all of them were in America. So the next one that I'm doing is in is in January, and which is in London. And I'm shitting my pants. I haven't played. Hey. I haven't <laughs> played in like, well, yeah, ten months. Just... I but it's like riding a bike. <laughs> yeah, it is. Do you know what I mean? It's, you'll pick. You'll be. You'll be sound. But the social distance gigs uh, have been amazing for me. Like yeah. absolutely class. I've done 
three. I've done three. Yeah. I did I did um this one in Newcastle and that was the first one I did and that was unbelievable, man. It was uh like two two and a half thousand people there and it was like a big festival stage. Everyone had their own little platforms and um it was amazing and I and loads of people slagged it off online, not people who had been like I didn't see one negative comment of anyone who had been about the event and was about that, the vibe. Was, was that the Virgin? Yeah, the yeah. Virgin thing that looked amazing. It was amazing, and everyone who went was singing his praises and being like, "It was class. It was the best day of the year. It made the whole. It made yeah, it sa- it saved with summer." These were literally people were saying shit like that, and I felt like that, and all my friends felt like that, and it was. It was so good and it wasn't even that much difference. All the people signed off online were the people who weren't there who would be like, oh, this looks shit. What the fuck's that? But all the people who, who had went were like, no, it was mint. Yeah. So you always get people, people saying stuff like that. And to be honest, it was absolutely mint and it wasn't even that much different to a normal festival because the product because of the production and the size of it, and like okay, usually the crowd was spread out so far. Usually there would be about 20,000 people there yeah, filling, yeah, yeah. Filling, that, filling that amount of space. So the crowd wasn't as loud because the crowd's just not as dense. It's, not as do you know what I mean? Yeah. But the people who were there were going ballistic because they hadn't been to anything. They were dying to do yeah. something. So they were, they were getting more into it than, say, maybe they usually would so they, learned, they were making up for the lost for the empty space around them and it was such a vibe and so many people said there were so many other positives as well such as you never lost your mates because you're like that's part of the thing <laughs> yeah a rave festival you're just constantly looking for your mates you know what never I mean? thought of that that's amazing yeah. so they always knew where the mates were they could they could put the bags the coats the drinks down, down. on the floor without having to carry them not worried about anyone pinching them, jump round, not people uh people wrecked, falling into them and all that, have have their own spaces. So there's that type of thing. And like some female comments saying that it felt like a safer zone as yeah. well. You didn't have that aspect of it as well. So I think for I mean it's not gonna replace the the normal kind of setup once covid goes it'll go back to how it was and everything that's good and bad with that will will go back and it'll it'll be amazing yeah yeah but in in the meantime for me this is such a good solution for me it was so good and then i did another two slightly smaller versions um i think there were 500 capacity each in gisborne and one for we are festival down essex yeah yeah which was, um, I think that was 500 as well. And um, they were equally really, really, really good. I enjoyed them. They were yeah. amazing. I, I loved them. So I'm, uh, I had two planned for Manchester as well, and uh, they were sold out. But then because of the, the way the lockdown changed, I got cancelled. But we're looking at some of our ones for next year. And I mean, I, I'm excited. I'm excited for them. They're yeah, really, I can't wait. Really I'm, I'm really, really looking gone. forward to doing it because it's just been something that, oh yeah, like I haven't played for ages. I haven't even, I don't have decks in my, it here where I live in the UK. They're all in, in America. And it's really annoying because I literally, yeah, two, two weeks before I got here or, or I had to come back to the UK, I 
had like new decks turn up at my house in Detroit is like the first time I've had decks in a mixer for like years. Um, so it's kind of a shitter that it's over there. But how no- come? How come you live in Detroit? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like yeah, it's so random to me. A lad from Cornwall lives in uh, Detroit. <laughs> yeah, it's um. Everyone always asks me that. Uh, it's like, so I used to live in LA in America, and Did then you? yeah, and then I I wasn't a huge fan of LA, so then moved to New York. Absolutely love New York, and then I needed a place like more permanent because I was touring so much there. And I was going to take an apartment in New York, but it's just so expensive and I'm never there. Um, so do you know Jen from Mean Red? She's a promoter in New York. You probably played for her a bunch. Um, Me- mean Red? Yeah, Mean uh-huh. Red's the night. She used to be promoter at Output um, in, right. in New York. So she she was like, why don't you move to Detroit? Like She just bought like a huge apartment block in Detroit and was like, you can have one of the apartments there. I was like, okay, cool, let's try it. So I tried it. I didn't love it, but it kind of fit my lifestyle. Um, and then I just bought a house there. So it's kind of just, it's an interesting city, man. It's, it's, there's a, I have this like love-hate relationship with it. It's, it's extremely sad with what's happened there over the, over the since the 60s. It's just extremely sad. Um, but also it has so much culture there so much like heritage in music and fashion and just american history um and it's gonna take a long time for it to be a major city in america but there's something there's a a community there that i i really like and some of my favorite shows are are in detroit that i play in america so it kind of just like felt right to to be there um i'm not going to be there forever I want to be back in the UK, um, but it's it's a nice home for the time being. So, did did you know anyone in Detroit? You had a do you have a friend group yeah, there or something? I had I had a few mates. So there was a guy called Troy who used to book me quite a lot there at a place called Grasshopper. Did you ever play there? I've never been. No. Oh man, that when when that was in its heyday, it was. It's like it was the dungeon of Detroit. It was just fucking amazing. It was like 150 cap but they'd fit like 400 people in and it was mm-hmm. just like low ceilings people would like crowd surf and shit like that it was, it's wild um so i played there quite a lot and just i built up some friends from the, obviously the dirty bird crew there's a few few people that used to work there work with dirty bird what lived live in detroit so oh, cool. built up a cool friendship group um it is strange moving to a city where you're like, I don't have any family. I don't have any like close, close friends. Um, but it's definitely changed me as, as a person. 100%. It's made me feel extremely grateful for what I have in the UK and what I've, how I was brought up as well. Whereas I never really saw that in LA. I never saw that in New York or, or anything like that. That's cool. Whereabouts in LA and New York where you living? Because I love LA and New York. I lived in Silver Lake in LA. Um, I've never been. I've never been there. I've heard about it. It's like just full of hipsters, really. It's just. I need to go and check yeah, it out. Yeah, man, go. It's 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 a cool place. It's, it's the part of LA where you can like walk around and 
you don't have to drive everywhere really it's just a bit more chill it's a bit more like villagey vibes um i think i think my mate was living there actually i think pretty much anybody that we would be friends with would be living in echo park silver lake or like los Feliz or something like that on like la hit on like the los angeles hills or something like that hollywood hills um, yeah, and then in New York, I lived in Williamsburg. Of course, I did. Like, oh, nice! <laughs> I love it there as well. And I, I would move to New York tomorrow again. It's just for me. It's just a place I absolutely love. I, I love it. Love. I it, do. Love I it. do. It's a, like I proposed to Haley in New oh, York, really? and me and her moved there last May in 2019. We were in. We lived in New York just for a month. I remember because you played Dirty Bird Camp Out, didn't you? And you, I think you were coming yeah, to the yeah. end of living there. Dirty Bird Camp Out was an amazing gig. I've had some good gigs in Detroit as well. Like every time I play at Movement, that just feels so... I think I've done Movement three times now. And every time I do it, that's just so special to me, being in like the, obviously with the origins of techno there, and then yeah. the, the backdrop of the built of the uh, General Motors building and stuff. It just looks amazing. And then I've been at some wild after parties in Detroit as well. Actually, last year, I did have a mad one in Detroit last year. And uh, I, I played an after party for Kevin Saunderson at this club. It was like, I think it was like a bowling alley. Do you know it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I magic, played magic, there. Magic stick is called. Yeah, yeah, I played there. I think um, I saw you. You might have. I was, I was, that was one of the times where I was completely fucked when I played that the after party, which I rarely do these days. And then <laughs> we went from there to an, some after party in this like, abandoned building basically i don't it was like this dilapidated building we went downstairs but it was really grand and it it had like red candles and it felt like we were in a rave in hell it was a fucking amazing man (laughs) kenny glasgow was playing dubfire was there loads of djs were there and it was just it it i don't i think it was some type of illegal rave it was unbelievable though and then also, that old Miami, what Seth Troxler did. Yeah. I went with that one. That one's with Jamie. That That's, was quite a That sucks that old Miami's not. It's still there, but they don't do that at, um, movement anymore, which is a shame. Um, yeah, that was but cool. it's, the, it's the one thing that I find in Detroit is that because it's a little more lawless than the rest of America, it's a little bit more like, yeah, there's just no cops, pretty much. There's barely any cops. And the last thing they want to be worrying about is shutting down a party. It's changing a little bit now, but you can throw parties in like illegal areas. Like last, last year we did a, like a party where you had to like text a a number to get like the old days. Like we had, you had to text a number to get the address and then they get sent the address and then come down. And it was just like, you can't, you can't really do that in cities nowadays. Um, whereas in, in Detroit, you, you can still get away with it a little bit more. Yeah, it was definitely, it had that kind of lawless, uh, really kind of slightly dangerous, but fun vibe to it. Yeah, Honestly, yeah. that was one, of, that was one of the best uh, days I've had that in Detroit when we're in the after party, but the guys that the guys that run movement, the Paxahow guys, they they do an amazing job in that city as well. Like they've they've really kind of brought back the like the heritage of techno into 
Detroit and do this this crazy stuff. And and there's a lot of really cool promoters in Detroit that put on like really small kind of underground parties that you don't really get in the major cities because you just they you physically can't afford to put them on because venue rent is so so much money and things like that. Whereas in Detroit, it's cheap. Property is cheap in America in Detroit. So, yeah, I played another small small club in Detroit. I it's always been Detroit actually. The, the actually I didn't play it. I just went to an after another after party. Uh, uh, it's yeah, it's good. It's good fun. It's good fun, man. Um, so obviously COVID is shit. But what's the plan for twenty twenty one for for Patrick Topping? Well, we've got. Who knows how it's gonna go? Like you know yeah. what I mean? Like we're just kind of putting stuff in the diary now and uh hoping things can go ahead. There's so much exciting stuff. Um got some big trick shows planned because I had some amazing stuff planned for trick this year. Yeah. And then that was disheartening. And then I had some really good gigs for me. Uh and I was like, oh fuck's sake. And I was I was then I was a bit like Will my stars align in the same way again, or have I missed these opportunities? Was this my yeah, was yeah. this my time for these these gigs? And I was, but uh, you can't really dwell on it too too much. And then um, some of the things that have been cancelled have been rearranged for next year, luckily, and some of them haven't. But some new opportunities have came around and stuff. So I'm really excited. Just it's it's the idea is we had just started. Uh, We've done the first series of events. We've done five five events uh, with the label, and they were amazing. Well, last one we did was at the Warehouse Project in Manchester. That looked insane. Mate, there was 8,000 people there, man. It's fucking wild. Right? Man. It was so good, and the venue was amazing. And we did the train station in Amsterdam. That, that was great. Ama- that was fucking so good. Did the launch party in Newcastle which was like 5,000 people in Newcastle, which is like, thing people don't do stuff like that in Newcastle. Um, and then I had, what else did we have? I had Derry. That was amazing as well. I think that yeah. that was that was 3,000 people in Derry. Um, and we did London at E1 as well, which was cool. Um, do you know what I love? The, the, what, what you guys do with, with the events and it's only from what I've seen online. Um, but you actually put time and effort into the like the production of the event. Where yeah. you're not just putting you're not just rocking up to a club and just putting a lineup on and hoping people you're like actually giving people like people are paying to see you, right? A lot of people have seen you already, a lot of people haven't. Um but you're giving them an experience that they no one else has given them. Yeah, well, that was the idea. Was I, I wanted to? I didn't just want to do what what you said. Just like put yeah. the na- trick name on the flyer, and that be it. I wanted to to build something bigger than that. So, spent a lot of time creatively and also invested in it a, a lot. Yeah, and and then that was. So I invested in that, and then COVID hit as well. So, it didn't so then that's a kind of d- d- a double fucking. Uh, Whammy well, there, so yeah. then that that was kind of worrying, and I was like, "We have we've invested all this, and and we haven't even got an opportunity to to try and get it to build on it." And then COVID hit, and it's like, "Oh fuck, what's going to happen?" But then 
luckily we've got some good partners who are um who we're going to do stuff with next year and hopefully because we got off to such a good start that five events was amazing i was buzzing and we were going to take that to the next level this year but if all goes to plan next year is going to we're going to luckily yeah. keep it looks like we're going to be able to keep that momentum going uh fingers crossed and um yeah we can build on it and i, I was i'm just excited to get that i'm excited to see um how we can keep going with it because um yeah, it's a, it's a it's a really fun project. I love it. I think at the end of the day, man, I think what you're building from from the outside, from somebody in the industry from the outside, is like you're growing something that's going to be around for a very very long time. And it's it's so nice to see somebody doing something different and refreshing. It's like finally somebody's invested in their in themselves and. I, I can promise you that it will pay off in the long term. I promise you, man, it, it yeah. will be worth it. Well, uh, it's so nice of you to, to, to pick up on it. And uh, um, it's meant to, meant to hear that. And then it's been, you know what? It's been such a fun side as well of starting the label. Like the creative side of like stage design and um, venue, venue dressing and like long with like curating the label and curating the artists on the events and then now getting quite more into like the visual side of the label and stuff as well. I, I, I love doing that. And um, it's been, that's been another good thing with this, this year I've had more opportunity to, to do that type of thing as well. And um, yeah, I'm just like, I just love doing it. I mean, I, you're probably the same like it's it's our passion isn't it so like I'm working I work every day on various various things whether it's in the studio the creative side of trick the the A&R side of trick or even more on the admin side of of trick or even the DJing career there's to be honest I spend most of my time on the business side of stuff more than I do actually making music yeah Uh, and um do you like but, that do you, do you do you prefer that i do love it i do love that side because it's my life i live it and like yeah. every day i need to stop myself from working like i yeah. need to like most time during this covid i haven't even been having the weekends off it's just been blown into one and then and then it'll get to the point where i'm like all oh, right i've worked for like 14 days in a row i'm just gonna <laughs> i'm just gonna have it i'm gonna force myself to have a day off it's wild it, isn't it it's wild because yeah. For me, it's exactly the same. And I literally was like, I ha- I'm not somebody that to go on holiday. I don't ever go on holidays. It's just like, to- I don't think to- for me, touring and then being in a studio isn't really work, but it is in the- if you think about it. But I was just like, Will, you need to book like a day off. Or like, so I booked like a few days in London just to like, in a ho- in a hotel, just so I don't have to do anything. But it's so weird being in COVID because it's not like we have to go to the airport. It's not like we have to do anything. So it's just like, Oh, fuck it. Let's just work. Let's just, yeah. let's just get on the emails. Let's get in the studio. Let's do something. And it's just, it's constant, isn't it? It's weird. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I feel so lucky to have this in my life and especially during COVID because I've got, I've got music and everything that goes with it. Cause even though the gigs have stopped, the music industry hasn't stopped mm. and like there's always something to do and because like you say it doesn't feel like work because 
I'm so lucky to to have uh, a passion, which yeah. is also me also my career. So it's it's easily done. There, yeah, there's always something to do. But then that's also why I like to turn my phone off, uh, and I've been doing it a lot during this time because when I'm on the road, I can't do it so much because you need to be in contact with various people, and um, it's been an opportunity to. Um, switch off from from my phone because I, I think like I go on my phone too much and um there's always there's always you can always do work on your phone as well as well as like pro, you can have fun procrastinate but there's always work there and yeah. uh it's been when I've when I have been wanting to to do something more creative in the studio music wise I've been tending to turn my phone off really even if it yeah even if it's just for half a day or sometimes it would be for like a week even and then really throw myself into that and and switch off from from my phone and try. Obviously, I've got emails on my computer that'll be going on, but uh, try to not do any social media and try to um, really focus on the creative side. And I, I I don't know. I just feel like with what's going on at the at the minute with not touring, and um, I'm lucky that I don't have kids. I don't have those responsibilities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm thinking like when I start touring again, and then I'm I'm we might try for kids in a couple of years and stuff, I'm like, this is probably the calmest moment of my life. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Totally. Yeah, before yeah, yeah. Be, before the, the whirlwind of the gig starts and then, and then the kids. And then I mean, like, this is the time when I, when I can be selfish and take, take time for, for myself to, uh, to do what I re- really want to do, which what I really want to do is, is make music. But I do, I do love, I do love the other side of the business as well. Like I, I buzz, I buzz off it and I'm really, hands-on with the management side of it and but how how has it how has it been taking time off social media like how important has that been in your like life i've still been doing i've still been doing stuff because i enjoy that as well you know what i mean Um, i i do it all myself i I could i could never give my social media to 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 uh, a lot of artists have companies that there's professional companies that manage people's pages and stuff like that I couldn't do I couldn't do that. I enjoy it so much. I enjoy the interaction. I enjoy presenting stuff how I want to present it. I find it it's quite it is a creative pursuit in, in a way. And um, but I just need to sometimes t- pull myself away away from it and able to really knuckle down in the uh, in the studio and try try and get some stuff out. Well, it's also social media is is as mad as it sounds. It's also still work for us. Like yeah. Like, no, it, yeah, it is work. Like for me, like I wouldn't if 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 it wasn't a way to interact with the fans and kind of give back to the fans because I think social media is a lot. Like we ask a lot from our followers, but also we also give a lot back by in, being able to interact with people that in five, ten years ago you couldn't have had a conversation with your favorite DJ where now you can, they can, you can slide into their DMS and you can have a, have a conversation with anyone really. Um, and I, I, it's amazing, but also there is work and it, it takes, takes a lot out of your day. If, if you're constantly on it and you're, I know you're on it a lot. Um, but it's interesting that you kind of do a, you've done like a, a week with like nothing, like not even phone. Does that, like, I've done that. I've done that during during this this year. I think now I've maybe done that now about fa- five times this year, where wow. I've done like five or six days or a week 
without me phone yeah. um, during this lockdown. Yeah, I've, I've done it quite often. But it's something I've been introducing over the last couple of years. Like if I, if I say like at the end of the trick launch when we did those five events, because uh, I was touring all the time as well away from the trick events. And that was that was so... That was the most knackered I've ever been in my life. At the end of the, at the end of that November, after that Wales project, yeah. we flew to America, and um, I think I think I had a gig in LA. I'm not sure. And then I had five days off in LA, and I turned my phone off in LA. And there's sometimes if I get those windows throughout the year where where I can't do, and I just say to people, "Look, I'm not doing any social media." And, and the extra, so sometimes I turn my phone off. But I will be on emails yeah. working still. I just won't have the phone. But sometimes I'll be like, I'm I'm not even in contact. I'm not even on my emails. So we will we'll plan everything so like there's no deadlines. Nothing needs to be done. Yeah. Not talked about. And like I think I've only done that about four times in, in my career. No, maybe it's four or five times uh, where it's complete shut shut off. But uh, I need to do that now and again for a full on reset. I've never done it, but. You're, yeah. you're kind of like inspiring me to do it because it's i think's that important right it's ama- it's amazing mate uh it's it, it's so good for you and like even even like not going f- that extreme still having the emails on your computer still even having social media on your computer but just not having you f- on it on your phone and turning yeah. it off it just helps you be more in the present and be uh, i just enjoy my life more when i don't have my phone to be honest i fucking hate my phone like i, <laughs> like, I, I do love it and but I kind of yearn for that time before phones, but I don't know if I'm just, I'm a very nostalgic person and I don't know if I'm just like, oh, grass was greener when I was younger type thing. But yeah. I, do, I do, the phone adds so much to my life as well, but sometimes I just get overwhelmed by it and I have, uh, um, and I just feel happier when I don't have my phone sometimes. But the, the social media and uh, WhatsApp to me mates and all that does does make us really happy as well. But yeah, sometimes I've just got to step back. Yeah, I think it's important to be able to also like accept that you want to be on it and you enjoy it, but then there's times you have to step away when when the work needs to get done, and it's yeah. Like... Also, the thing is, like, I feel bad because I don't message my mates as often as I should. Um, yeah, I've got like people. Um, I've always got emails or or WhatsApps or Instagram inboxes or text messages uh, uh, there's always uh i'll never get back to everyone or just constantly have me phone in me face and that's not even talking about people i don't know online like i would exactly. like to reply to every follower who messages us but it's physically impossible i can't even reply to me mates who i know <laughs> and like family who i love because i just feel like overwhelmed i feel yeah. like there's only a certain amount of energy i can have per day to do uh to do productive things and most of it I, I put into into me into my career yeah. so like I kind of neglect uh, the me me whatsapp to people I really care about but I just I think it's just because I'm pushing myself so hard every day that by the time I'm like I don't have any energy left to do it, but that's something I need to try and get a better balance on I don't know though I think it's worked for you right like you're at where you're at because of what you've done right you you've not you've not got where you're at by not fucking doing any work yeah i enjoy i am i am like a work workaholic definitely but um it's uh 
it's fun. But then I said, did you watch that Michael Jordan documentary? Yeah, man. And then wow. Everyone watched that. And then I thought I was like into what I'm doing. And then I see him and I'm like, fuck, that's a whole different level of beast. That. <laughs> but like, I found that really inspiring as well. Uh, <laughs> I, I watch, I watch a lot of the, those types of things. Like people like Ed Sheeran, he has a, he has a, um, I don't know if you like his music, whether you like his music or not, but he has a documentary on I. I think it's on iTunes or Apple TV and it's just so inspiring. His like, work. Oh, really? Dude, it's insane, man. I'm going to have to watch that. Uh, Cause I love stuff like that. Like I see like the Travis Scott one, the Taylor Swift one, things like that. Just really uh, have just massive respect for them. And I just Same. see that type, that type of thing. And I, I find that inspired. So I'm definitely going to watch that. I watch, there's one. a new one on Netflix, which is Sean, the Sean Mendes one. And don't get me wrong, I'm not a huge, I'm not a fan of Shawn Mendes' song, but I respect everything that he's done. He's one of the biggest artists in the world. And then I watched this, it's kind of the same as the Taylor Swift one. It's the same as all of them, really. But he's like 22 years old, selling tens of thousands, like stadiums, a 106-day hundred, tour, nonstop. And you're just like, you're 22 years old you're touring 106 days in a row and you're just like that like i'd love to do that but like we're lucky we get like if we've got a busy week we might do four shows a week right we're not doing 106 shows in a row and you're just like how can how is somebody's wired to do this crazy shit and we think we think we have it like intense they have it on another level yeah, yeah. Obviously, that type of that type of celebrity and stuff must be so intense. But then, also though, some of our some of our schedules can be ridiculous because a concert doesn't go on till eight in the morning. That's the thing. You yeah. know what I mean? Where so you can you can be doing like basically night night shift for four days a week and yeah. travel different country to country in between. So it can be. Uh, it can be intense. What's, like, what's that's, the that's most? It, that's, what's the most shows you've done in like a, like, in one like twenty four hours? Because you get those great like New Year's Eve is like always a wild one where you like generally do like three shows in one night. I don't. I don't know. I've been trying to stop for years situations where I do a gig and then ha- have and then the way it works out is there's no time to sleep before the gig because of yeah. the time you got then because of the travel from the airport to the hotel to the club could be yeah. from the city to the airport might be hours been trying to stop the last few years ones where you land you don't have any sleep you do the gig and then you have to travel with no sleep to the airport to to travel all day to go into another gig yeah and so even if you're sober that's hard because you're literally not sleeping apart from a little bit in a car or on the flight. And like, uh, I, I've been trying to organize my, my tours better um, to not have those situations. But now and again, this still happened because plans change and stuff. And it was like, Oh, that gig got rearranged there. Yeah. Or, 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 or you agreed to do that. And you didn't realize about the route or the route in, 
or a lot of the time like you played playing for someone but they have to rearrange to that day but you've already got such and such either side and it's too good a gig not to, <laughs> not, to, not to do um but those, those ones can't can be can't be heavy and i can't remember but there's there's been a lot of uh, occasions where like i've just been like a zombie run rabbit I think one of the May, May Bank holiday is always quite a mad one yeah. because uh, um, doing like, I think I did like gigs on the Friday, Saturday, Sunday in Europe. And then one of them, it was straight from the gig to the airport to fly to Detroit. And I remember that one, I was like, I was had some sleep on the flight to Detroit, but a lot of the time it can be really bad sleep, really. Yeah. I remember being on that flight and I was like, I'm a hundred percent when I get there, going to uh, going to do the gig because it's one of those ones where you had to go straight to do the the gig, yeah. doing the gig, and then I'm going back to the hotel and going to sleep. And then J- Jamie Jones was on the flight, um, and he was like, "Oh, do you want to come out with us?" And I ended up that going out the window. So after doing this intense weekend in Europe, I ended up going like on one in there, but that that can happen. But I think. The, the most intense period has been um, every year for me for the last few years has been where you do Sonar Festival in Barcelona. Yeah. And that that can be sometimes a few a few gigs because it's on all week. So yeah. you could do three or four, you could do like two or three days in a row. Say three, three nights in a row in Barcelona. And often my mates come to stuff like that, and it gets out of it has got out of hand over the years. <laughs> so you do sonar. That'll be that'll be like that's the mad thing about being a DJ, right? When your mates come, it's Dangerous. their ho- it's their holiday. Dangerous. So they so they're going all out on their holiday, right? So I'll get involved because it's their holiday. But then their holiday will be over. But then from sonar, I will go into Glastonbury. Oh, and then, and then it'll be four days. It'll be straight into Glastonbury from Sonar. I think, I think that's the way around it goes, or is it the other way around? And then it'll be a different group of mates there, and Glastonbury's their holiday, and they're having a big one. <laughs> so I'll get, so I'll get involved with them there. And then it was like, oh, after Glastonbury, fly straight to Croatia for hideout. Yeah. And then, and then from, and then you have to do that gig, which is really long travel, and then fly to Ibiza for Paradise opening party, and 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 that stretch happened every that they fall on the same dates every year, yeah. And I used to do that. Obviously, enjoyed have the time of my life with my mates, but then I would be absolutely dead. And think, things like that are what made us go sober because doing doing runs like that. And getting involved is just a nightmare on your body. It's hard enough sober, and it's more much more enjoyable sober. Yeah. Um, What's Glastonbury like? Because I live 15 minutes away from the festival, and I've been there so many times as a kid with my dad, but I've never played. What's is it? Is it something ever, special? Have you ever attended the? Yeah, festival? I've I've been. I went. It's 15 oh, minutes. It's like 15 oh, minutes from my house. I've been loads of times when I was a kid. Oh, right. Um, I thought you meant just to the area, but yeah, no, you've yeah. actually been at the festival. Yeah, 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 yeah. Amazing. Yeah, right. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. Like, I'd say, like, Rainbow Serpent was the most fun I've ever had DJing at a festival. Glastonbury last year, um, I went every time I, I've, I've done Glastonbury now four or five years, I think. 
and it's always the highlight of the year for me and yeah. a lot of my friends go and I, I'll most times I go to a festival I'll just go in and out from a set uh turn up leave and don't don't stay yeah but but Glastonbury I always book that off and go for the full thing for four nights and often take a lot of gigs maybe three or four gigs throughout the four days yeah. or, or sometimes more I think um and uh, go and experience the festival, see all the bands, see all of the DJs. Actually, that was one that was, I think that was the last time I was raving two DJs was at Glastonbury. I called Cox's set during the day with all my mates. That was amazing. NYC down low. So that that weekend was the, I think that was the most fun I've ever had in my life. I bet. Doing, doing anything like yeah. as a kid anything like that was the that is the best part in the world and I, i've done burning man now because i i heard burning man some people say burning man's better than glastonbury so i did burning man last year as well and got involved there and it was amazing mind-blowing but for me glastonbury is still it's unfucking real it's the best it's the best one and you, you you should go and do it because for me it's it's the pinnacle dude um, i would i would play there tomorrow I just gotta get booked. When I get booked, I'm yeah. I'm there, man. It's 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 been a huge part of my life growing up. Massive part of my life growing up. I've seen Mate. one of the reasons why I DJ is because of Glastonbury. Yeah. Um and the day I play, I just can't I can't wait, man. I really Mate, man, you'll love it. And if you if you can uh, get some time off to to stay a couple of nights and to experience it because it's got so many stages and like yeah. mad little little it's little labyrinth rooms and everything. I think it's got like about a hundred different arenas basically, yeah. and they're not all like your t- typical big stage. They're like all different things and like the rabbit holes are cool place and it's mad like, the amount of people that go. It's like two hundred and fifty thousand over the ama- weekend. Amazing. And there's this place called NYC Downlow. Have you heard of it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And to me it's a nightclub that inside Glastonbury and it's done like an old New York tenement block from yeah. like, um, this, I can't remember exactly what, what year it You're is. From the 80s. It's, yeah. It's like a old kind of disco, um, it vibes inside. And it's just so pure that it's, to me, it's like going back to the heyday of like clubbing and you, you feel like you're transported in a, in a time warp mm. back and um they do this amazing front on it don't they they put like a yeah it's yeah it's it's yeah it's so good and like that to me i the last last year i went um and i I went there every night till till it closed at six in the morning and i think it's the best nightclub in the world (laughs) seriously and it's inside of glastonbury and it's for me it's the best nightclub in the world and it would be an absolute, I played in Glastonbury, lots of different areas, but never there. Like that would be unreal. Um, it's so good. But then I feel like Glastonbury has a few of the best nightclubs in the world. Yeah. The Temple, where I've played a few times. That to me, if that was a club, it's like open air club though, but walled, that would be one of the best clubs in the world. It's honestly, it's so good. It's amazing, isn't it? It's It's just a... It's a different level. It's different, but it's been going on since like the sixties. So you can't like kind of like when something's been going on for that long, it's it gets it it has the the chance to mature into what it is. Um, whereas I think a lot of the festivals nowadays is like a pop up. Book your biggest DJs. Not really worry about 
the production and just kind of try and sell some tickets. Glastonbury really does feel like it's got like a history behind it. Yeah, because I, I think I think it's not it's not a commercial thing. I don't think it's for profit, and it gives no, it, it gives all of its things to to charity. So it's an arts thing, and that really comes across. You can yeah. you can see, and that's what Burning Man's like as well. And I think that when it's not done when it's when it's not done for a profit yeah that that comes across you, you can you can tell i still haven't done burning man i i nearly went last year i nearly got persuaded i'm i'm not sold on it yet but did you have a good time yeah i had an amazing time it was it was absolutely amazing it was um yeah we've got that was pretty wild as well that was a whole <laughs> That was what what if let's just say it was one of the best and worst experiences of my life. <laughs> Did you dress up like Mad Max? Yeah, yeah, we got fully amongst it, it was amazing, but like we, we we ended up we ended up skitzing and leaving like two days early, man, before the man even got burned or anything. We were we we're in a bad way and um, it was a uh, it was really, really cool though. I feel like I've got unfinished business. And I would love to love to go back. Um, ho- hopefully, I'll get a chance to go back there. I'm sure you will, man. I'm sure you will, dude. We've just done an hour and a half. Um, oh, amazing! Yeah, it's gone quick. Let's uh, let's wrap it up. Um, thank you for coming on. Really appreciate it. Uh, also, huge love for releasing the record. It's uh, I'm happy that you you guys kind of had it and it's it's kind of got a home with with you guys. It's it's just great to be part of it. Amazing man, thanks for giving thanks for putting it out with me. No worries, man. Anytime. Um before we go, let's do the promo bit. How can people follow you on social media and the record label? What is it? Yeah, so on Instagram it's trick label and on Twitter it's trick label and then uh my Instagram SoundCloud stuff's just Patrick Topman. Easy as that. Keep safe, man. Hopefully see you next year at some point at a rave or somewhere. Who knows? Um, yeah, big love. Thank you, man. Yeah, cheers. It's been good to speak to you and hopefully see you soon. Nice one. And that is a wrap. Hope you enjoyed that one. I definitely did. I would love it if you could hit subscribe if you're on YouTube or if you are listening on iTunes or Apple or whatever. Um, iTunes and Apple is exactly the same thing. I meant Spotify. Um yeah hit subscribe give us a little review send it to your friends if you think they would enjoy the conversations um if you want anybody else on there slide slide into my dms on the old social media and i will try and get those people on the show as well keep safe and i'll see you next time big love Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.